Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. When my family first moved back home to the Delta, my wife and I were out one night at Walnut Street Blues Bar, and my guest today on In a Mississippi Minute was on the stage and his band, they were tearing it up. It was a style unique and theatrical at times, and we just loved to watch them. And and we would go see him all the time after that. He became a staple at our Delta Soul charity event. Uh, all my friends that I would bring in that had, had hit records, Grammys, uh, done plenty of movies, uh, co- comedians, they all fell in love with him like we did. Uh, we have even given him his own stage at the Mighty, our Mighty Mississippi Music Festival in the camping area that I do want to discuss later because I've never gone in there at past midnight because I think I'm a little scared. And... Uh, and uh, he's also been uh, one of the headliners on our Mighty Mississippi stage uh, since day one. And he'll be participating with me on the Friday night on October 11th, uh, 12th, I think it is, of Mighty. I'm looking forward to sharing the stage with him. Finally capturing his live performance prowess and making a record that matched uh, his, his enthusiasm. Uh, he's done it with his new record, Lock It Down Tight. It was just released recently, and it's got a great buzz about it. I've seen some articles, and people are starting to really get it. He can marry you. He can bury you. Please welcome, from good paper of Reverend Rob Mortimer, Rob Mortimer. Hey, Rob, what's up? Hey, Steve. I appreciate you giving me a call today. Well, I mean, you know, you're not that far away, but uh, <laughs> I've been all yeah. over the map, and it's good to be back home and uh, and uh, give you a buzz and, and, and talk about what's going on and... Uh, Okay. I want to talk about the family business because this is part of your makeup, and I want people to understand. Uh, our guest uh, uh, today on In Mississippi Minute, Rob Mortimer, uh, spends a little time uh, at the funeral parlor. He's got a family business, uh, second generation. Is that right, Rob? That's right. We've got uh, seven funeral homes across the state of Mississippi and a couple in Arkansas. We also have seven cemeteries. So that's what I grew up doing. I didn't know about all. The, I, I thought I didn't know about all the uh, cemeteries. So <laughs> it's going to yeah. be a while. Did your dad do that uh, when you were as far back as you can remember, or was it something that kind of came along? My family's originally from Belzona, Mississippi. Right. Everybody before my father was uh, catfish farmers and cotton farmers. Some of them were lawyers. But uh, my father, he was playing, well, he played a little college football, and I don't think he thought he was going too far with it. So he came home, and uh, there was no room for him on the farm, so he decided, hell, I'm going to be a mortician. So he goes to mortician school. Started Mortimer Funeral Home in Bellsville in 1978. 
I didn't. I came along in 1980, and this is an odd story in itself. Uh, back in those days, the funeral home was also the ambulance service. So the hearse would uh, was a combination unit where if you folded the the chairs down, it would make a floor to slide, slide a casket in. But if you pulled the floor up, it would make chairs to slide a cot in, like for an emergency an ambulance. So uh, this is before cell phones. Anyway, long story short. Uh, my dad was at work one day. My mother was uh, visiting some people down the street. He got a call. My dad got a call in Belzona to uh, an ambulance. You know, needs to be at this certain location at this certain time. When he gets there, it's my mother down at her friend's house in labor with me. So wow. we all hop in. We all hop in the back of the uh, the, the ambulance slash herd, and we start hauling towards the uh, Greenwood Hospital. And by the time we got there, I came out. So I was almost actually born in the back of a hearse. <laughs> Which makes all the sense in the world now. I'm st- I, as I get to understand uh, your personality, that makes it makes uh, it, it was sort of uh, it was sort of a vision of the future. If anybody was born into the funeral business, it was me. <laughs> so. Talking to Reverend Rob Mortimer. So, so we see now. Now I'm starting to get it a little bit. I mean, well, hey, listen, the the music business and the and the arts of all kinds sometimes is the closest thing to the funeral business. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> see yeah. a lot of ca- careers crash and burn, and uh, it's not it's not an easy task. Okay, so no. this this is awesome. So I'm starting to understand you a little better, uh, which is always hard for me to do. I know my son Strack and and has has had you in many films and in the latest one, and and you as an actor. Uh, before we talk about your music, because you know you know how I feel about it, and we all do. We're all fans of it, and we love it, and we like to yeah. lift it up. Our business is really wild right now. It's 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 just not something you make a great record and all of a sudden the world hears it. It it takes such effort, and a lot of money, and a lot of power at times, and and everything mm-hmm. in between, and a team to work it. So you're sort of competing against dragons at all times. Uh, oh yeah. But let's talk about acting. I mean, some actors have this personality where they're bigger than the film and their personality just shines. In a lot of ways, when I see you acting, I see you. Uh, but but I've also gotten to know you during this period. And I feel like that, that your love affair for theatrics, um, it, it sort of, uh, I, and in the morning when you're cooking eggs or something, I could just see it sort of all, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I feel yeah. like this part of who you are. Um T- tell me yeah. about the did, did you act growing up spend a little time doing that uh, in high school I, I, I always loved I always loved to entertain a group of people I didn't really participate in in you know plays the student plays and stuff because I was always tied up with sports but I always enjoyed it uh, there was there was only two times that I got involved with a play and one of them was the senior showcase uh, which is kind of like a skit deal that I loved. I was in all kinds of skits and that. That's the only time I ever got involved in creating skits and anything like that in high school. But anyway, growing up, if there was five people in the room, I always wanted to be the one entertaining them. So, uh, I love acting. Anytime Strike asked me to be in those movies, I just try to just, I love it. I step, I just jump at it. I love it. So, so let me ask you this. Growing up for me, I never loved being in a crowd, and, and maybe this is sort of the, what you're saying. I always loved being in front of it. I felt more comfortable. I, I know that's sort of odd, but when I find myself in a large group of people, I got a little bit, it just, you know, it was just, it didn't feel right. And when I was, you know, t- 11, 12, 13, uh, I felt really comfortable in front of people. I mean, mm-hmm. do, do you feel like that that's the same for uh, you? In a crowd, I'm awful, but in front of the crowd, in front of the crowd, is I'm, I'm all open to it. So if I'm 
I, I think I understand what you're saying. If you're just in a group of like 50 people standing in the middle of them, that's a little bit claustrophobic for me. Right. But if, but if I jump out in front of them and I can walk around the stage and entertain them, uh, I can spend all night doing that. And I've been able to do that since I was nine years old. Well, okay. So, and I'm watching you train. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of online on on Instagram. I'm I'm seeing your daughter Evelyn. I'm seeing her mm-hmm. doing the Elvis that you you were at. You went to Graceland recently, and right. uh, and um, I'm starting to see her uh, in you. So, are we nurturing that? Uh, I don't really know how to answer that question. I don't know <laughs> if that'd be good or bad. But I just let them do their thing. I like it. I like it when they they entertain me. So, oh, there's nothing. I encourage, enter- I encourage entertainment of all kinds. All right, let's talk. You have kids now. You have two. You have Camille and you have Evelyn. Evelyn. Yeah. Let, let's, you know, when I started to really get focused on my art and making music that I needed to, to make that was me, you know what I mean? I struggled for a long time. I was a slow learner. I always say it, you know, 37 before I had my first hits. That's a long time to wait um, mm-hmm. and, and, and to fight for it. But it took having children to sort of make me focus and make me get better and make me spend all my time trying to get better i mean this is the first record that you've made that i personally feel like i'm watching it live and that's the most difficult thing an artist can do springsteen had the issue i feel like i had that problem uh, growing up because mm-hmm. i grew up playing live and, and there was and if if i tried to capture what i was doing when i was younger uh it wouldn't have ever been good on on tape because it didn't matter i mean i, I wasn't there yet as a writer uh it was something i believed in and I, I think mm-hmm. that because of that, it was just a, a, a lot of fun. But uh, mm-hmm. do you feel like as a songwriter, after having your two girls uh, and experience uh, being a husband, and do you feel like that it's uh, sort of helped you uh, move at a faster rate of, of, of really getting to know who you are as a songwriter? Yeah, I would say that. I feel like that um, through experiences like of, of being a parent and a, and a husband, it, it, it gives you stuff to write about. Although it's not always first person, you kind of you can kind of take a uh, I can I tend to take a circumstance from any point of view and write about it, but it definitely helps the experiences. I mean, of course, you can have experiences without a without a wife and kids, but I guess when you, when you get when you get your wife and kids, your your topics may change a little bit because you start um uh, it's not just you anymore. You got to care for all these other people to make sure that they strive and survive. Right, right. We're talking to Reverend yeah. Rob Mortimer. You're in a Mississippi minute. We're gonna get off the funeral home thing. Uh, I think we've already gotten mm-hmm. off it, but we'll uh, get to uh, get to. Uh, but it, but it's what makes you. It's part of your uh, of your uh, being, and mm-hmm. uh, and when you see you, when I see you live, I see it all. And uh, so I wanted our get our, our listeners to understand that uh, that that uh, then to know the man behind the music. And we're gonna talk about that music. We're gonna play it on our show and. Uh, and uh, okay. we're going to celebrate it. Uh, we're in a Mississippi Minute. I'm stumbling through it, but uh, we'll be right back. doesn't sleep and neither do we fox news radio late breaking up to the minute from around the world around the clock here on super talk mississippi in a mississippi minute with steve azar right here on super talk mississippi 
People come and people go Buried in them lots in a row I'm Steve Bazar. We are back in the Mississippi Minute, and this is going to be a bizarre one, but a really cool one. Rob Mortimer is uh, is almost my neighbor. I'm hoping he's going to move in uh, next door, and then there goes the neighborhood, or at least this corner of the neighborhood. <laughs> hey, Rob, let's talk about your new record. Um, uh-huh. What what record is this in your you know in your arsenal? How many have you made? This is my third record. Well, yeah, it it only gets better. I feel like every record yeah. got some incredible players on it. Um, yeah, I've listened to it. It's fantastic, uh, and and I feel like you've captured the essence of your growing up and your surroundings and what matters right. to you. Um, uh, tell me the inspiration behind and is there a, uh, behind it and is there a centerpiece to the record? Well, okay, there uh, the undertones on this record is always going to be pretty much uh, <laughs> there, there's a lot there's a lot of these stories in these songs that come from funeral funeral experiences. But, uh, you know, I, the reason, I wrote all these songs, this record, with horns, and I've been wanting to do this for years. It's, a, it's, it's just really the only time that I've got it together with, with, horn, with, with horns. And I've, I've, I've contacted some, I've, got, I've made friends over the years with, with people in high places in the horn market. Uh, for instance, uh, Art Evanson's on the record. He's played with Greg Allman, Bobby Goodwin, LeVon Helm, Justin Timberlake. Uh, J.J. Gray and Mofro Galactic that he goes on and on, Allman Brothers, everything else. And then we got Mark Franklin who plays trumpet on the album. He's created the, uh, he's created, you know, scores for movies like Hustle and Flow, Black Snake Moan, Soul Men, Scandal, and things like that. He's, he's, he's also played with Aretha Franklin, Robert Trey, Bo Keys, uh, Greg Allman, a whole list of people. And then, uh, and then, and then another guy we on here is, is uh, Rick Steff, whose father played trumpet for Elvis or trombone. I right. can't remember which one. And um, you know, he plays the band uh, Lucero and Cat Power, and he also toured with Hank Williams Jr. for years. He plays the piano on the record. Anyway, um, all these people putting together, you know, taking my songs, writing writing horn lines for it. I just, I just loved it, and just, just sat back and I let the horns just drive this album. Did First I, opportunity I've had to do that. I've seen you when you when you play live. It's sort of you know you know when I'm when I'm uh, re- recording and stuff. I make a lot of sounds uh, with my mouth and and I'll just and I'll go. I'm going to replace that with an instrument. Sometimes I just keep it, you know, because right, I, right. I, I just go, okay, that works. You know, it's sometimes it's your initial um, mm-hmm. sort of the first take, or your first idea um that is the magic because you're sort of not thinking you're sort of out of your head do you feel like uh two i guess it's twofold question one i've seen you live and you do a lot of things with your mouth doing a lot of vocal things and even when you're playing your keyboard and you're grabbing uh horn sounds or some sort of sound you i see your mouth react to it right Um, that's me imitating horn lines yeah right so when you were writing the record do you feel like that you uh, I mean, was was all that happening at one time? So when I write a song, I hear music and lyrics at the same time. I hear all sorts of noise, and sometimes I have to shut some of it off because it's overwhelming. Uh, mm-hmm. in, your, in your writing case on this record especially, because I feel like this is the one that's captured who you are live, like I said before. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that you were, were you hearing a lot of these horn sounds, uh, and were you oh, able to portray it to the guys? Yeah. I was, they took a lot of my mouth sounds and made... <laughs> made them into uh, musical notes. But again, uh, these guys did a lot of the writing of the horn lines for me, too, uh, which I, they were hearing things I wasn't hearing, which just hearing that come back at me, I just loved. Right. So 
they took some of the things I had and then they added to it, you know, and uh, with baritone saxes, sax all up under, you know, other horns. It's like four, two guys doing four horns, and which I just was amazing. Saving some money too. Right? Yeah. Well, that's good. I like saving money. <laughs> all right. Let me. Yeah. So practice-wise, and you're rehearsing. Did you rehearse a lot before you were recording? So I'm not a big rehearser. I like rehearsing uh, live on stage until we get it right and we play enough, we're finally ready. You know, so the first 20 shows, people just have to deal with it, you know, <laughs> while we're stumbling yeah. through it and learning because I feel like that's when you learn who you are because you're you're in the game mode. You know, you can practice all you want. Are you – did you get – did you guys get together, really rehearse a lot before you put the record down, or did you go in sort of blind? I just did exactly what you said. I played these songs on stage for about a year and a half before I recorded them. And if, you'll know this, that as you play a song live, it kind of takes its own form. And the more you play it, the more little things you'll hear and it'll add to it. So after a year and a half of playing these live, um, they just kind of became second nature and developed their own sound. It, it would be very hard for me to go through a practice session over 10 new songs and go into a studio and play them. Now, I don't know if I could actually kick. That'd be a lot of, you play drums to here, and then we'll come back and do tracks. It wouldn't be a lot of playing together. You know, right. it'd be right. just like... Talking to Reverend Rob Mortimer, good paper Reverend of Reverend Rob Mortimer. Hey, Rob, uh, I think you're making a good point here. I think that I know that my song Flatlands, uh, I know that Sunshine, I know there were some songs that I that we that was that were performed for a year before we went in. And when we went in, the you know, only way we could do it, we tried to set up in in seclusion. You know, in our little boxes and, and, and rooms in the studio, it didn't work or try to piece it together. So we said, let's just set up live because that's what we've right. been doing. And that's when it worked. Um, so a lot of songs, some, sometimes songs, Rob, you, you need to sort of piece them. You need to start with the guitars, start piano, start with vocals and build. Some, some songs are built to, do, to be built that way. But I think finding yourself live, is this the first record that you've been able to, to have the time uh, to build it live and then go and record. Well, I've, 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 I have some access to some. I mean, it all comes down to studio time and how much money you've got. To be honest with you. So uh, this, I put I put a lot more money into this record, and I can hear a difference. I really don't know how to answer that question. Well, it's all right. You don't have to because usually my yeah. questions are sideways anyway. I have to stop somebody. <laughs> I can't wait for the time in this conversation where I actually say, say something wrong, a wrong stat about you, and you go, no, that wasn't right because I'm always good for at least one of those around. And uh, yeah, If you it, say it, I'll go with it. Go yeah, okay. Oh, I love I'll that. Go with it. That's my man. <laughs> okay. Talking to Rob Mortimer. Okay, i got to switch back real quick. The happiest people I've ever met in my in my life, I'm telling you, the happiest people are in the funeral business. You were you're just like uh, my my former brother-in-law uh, from Paragool. Their family's in it, and his dad had the biggest mm -hmm. and most wonderful spirit I've ever met in a man. What mm -hmm. is it about sadness that allows you to be uh, so spirited? To me, it's a balance. Uh, it's all day, every day. There were people that most of the time are in the are having the worst day of their life you know, or in the worst period of their life. And, uh, and I'm, I'm having to be there for them and to keep a somber, uh, you know, and, you know, having to be there for them. And then, but when you get out of the funeral home, you've got, you've got to let all that go. Otherwise you'll just, you'll just, you know, you can't sit around and be sad all day. You've got to find the happier side of it. Uh, and the, you know, the funeral directors that are happy do that. And, uh, you know, I may, I may seem very weird at times. It's only because I'm trying to balance out all the, sadness that i've dealt with all week 
All right, let's so, talk about, speaking of weird, uh, I remember uh, my partner on the Mighty Mississippi, one of them, Jason Fertizzi, obviously Jamie Merrill, but J- Jason, a farmer buddy of ours, said one time you were at a restaurant in Leland, Mississippi, and, mm-hmm. uh, and they didn't know it was you. You were dressed up in costume and in the corner all night, and nobody knew it was you. Now, they, they, you guys know each other very well, so I'm trying to picture it. Uh, what what gets you to do is was this I got to understand uh, where this comes from well and, okay, okay. Uh, that that allows me to go incognito every now and then let me tell you where that came from <laughs> in mortuary school I was in restorative art class which is where you you try to take you know you try to make a face out of clay uh, out of uh, wax that you know, in case somebody's ever damaged, just damaged in a car accident or something, you, you have to train yourself to be able to create their features. So I learned how to, uh, I had to make my wax guy look like the guy that was sitting next to me in my class. Hmm. So I learned how to do makeup and, and you know, stuff like that early on. So what they saw was me, and I'm bald, so I have my head's a blank canvas, and I have several wigs. So they saw me with a wig on. <laughs> And a, and a mustache that, that you know, true mustache. <laughs> and I, I, I just go out and just see what would happen as a new person. So <laughs> I, obviously they found out who I was before I left, or you never would have heard that story. <laughs> I remember Jason calling me and going, "You gotta, you gotta hear this." And I was going, yeah. "Okay." So he never told me it was you till the end. And I was going, "Like well, what?" And then I said, "Oh my gosh, I just love it. I love." It. We're talking to Rob Mortimer uh, of Good Paper and Reverend Rob Mortimer. The new record's called "Lock It Down Tight." You are in a Mississippi minute, but Rob, before we go to a break, you get to play DJ because I love doing this. We are the birthplace of American music. You grew up in it. You understand it. And you felt it and experienced it at all levels. Would you like to hear a little bit of Albert King or Jerika Singleton? I'll go with Singleton. I love that. He's a new he's a new breed, man. Him him and I think of Cedric Burnside. Uh, mm-hmm. they blow me away. We're gonna hear a little Jerika Singleton with Rob Mortimer. You're in Mississippi Minute. Stand by. Hey folks, if you're tired of being tired because your pillow isn't doing his job at night, give my buddy Chad and his team at OmniPillow a go. OmniPillow has a 100-day return policy, and listen to this. They will donate a pillow to someone in need every time you purchase one. Their goal is to give away 1 million pillows. It also comes with a stress cube that sells for 10 bucks. You'll thank me, I promise. Give yourself a much-deserved life's rest. Go to OmniPillow.com. Enter promo code Steve Azar. That's Omnipillow.com, promo code Steve Azar, and you'll receive 20% off with free shipping. If you ask me, there's no better pillow on the planet. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are in a Mississippi Minute. We're talking to Rob Mortimer, and it's getting wild. Uh, Rob, your inspiration, your greatest inspiration for this record? All these songs, except the, the one Tom Waits cover I put on here, uh, basically just is about life experiences from this area, from you know living in Mississippi, living in the Delta. And then it has a lot to do, there's a couple songs having to do with funerals I've dealt with on here. So, 
it's, it's, it's a lot of personal aspects on here, even though they're all not first person. All right, Tom Waits. You mentioned Tom Waits. You love him. Mm-hmm. I mean, my and, my and our son Strack really basically. Well, I had a friend in Nashville uh, who's a, a pharmaceutical consultant, my buddy David Market, and he he turned me on to Tom Waits back then. And then in the meanwhile, Strack grew up and he was all in. And there were you. Uh, there was you. He's very theatrical, right? We both know that. Um, right. He tours every blue moon. I mean, maybe every other blue moon. And uh, when he does, he's been bathtubs and he's got uh, bullhorns and he's did whatever it takes, right? I've right. seen you live. Do you feel like that you've – have you been influenced by him in, in some way? Two biggest influences in life is Tom Waits and James Brown. I think one influenced the other one. And uh, how, how so? How do you feel that way? Well, I've heard, I've heard Tom Waits cover a couple of James Brown tunes in my life. Uh, just, I don't, what I like about Tom Waits is that he, all of his songs are almost traditional blues songs. But he may record the vocals in a bathroom, and he may be beaten on the side of the house as a drum kit during the song. Right. And that, that, the fact that he did that and put that out amazes me. Right. And so I like to take his songs and kind of make them my own, because I hear things that I hear things he's doing in the songs that the, the normal person doesn't hear. You're not going to find anybody who listens to popular music every day that loves Tom Waits. You got he's got to get involved to learn Tom Waits. You got to get you got to reach into the deep of his songs and hear what's going on. All right, you're talking Tom Waits. All right, let's talk about maybe uh, you talk James Brown. Your moves on stage. Did you grow up dancing at all? Like when hidden in the room, and nobody was watching, or maybe everybody was watching because you can flat out go. Um, it looks very natural and uh, it it makes sense uh, in some sort of crazy way. Um, is that the James Brown thing? Was it Michael Jackson? Who was it? It was James Brown. Actually, the first song I ever learned the words to was Tootie Free, Little Richard. Yeah. And then uh, James Brown came after that. But see, James Brown flows into Michael Jackson. I love all that stuff. But Jane, Jane, I love the way James would, would work a horn section and demand. Like, the reason, what I love about James Brown is, is, uh, is his demanding of, of the, the attention of the band. Like, you know, stop, yeah, huh, go here, or whatever. And so I love doing that. That, that, I love, conducting a band like James Brown. All right, your songs on this record. What do you love performing the most? The one that's become my favorite on the album is This Ain't No Throne, which is kind of a slower song, but I like it. We perform, Performance-wise, and you're doing them, you're, you're starting to play them all live, right? Are, do y'all have a... Right. Right, and when you play in the Mighty Mississippi, October 12th, everybody, 11, 12, 13, if you've never experienced our Mighty Mississippi Music Festival, it's the most hospitable festival in the world, uh, brought on by a tough circumstance of seven inches of rain at one time. Um, my partner and uh, and our partners on the festival obviously decided on Sunday uh, the only way we could do the festival, it was no big deal, was bring relief pumps in to pump water off of the grounds and into the river into the mighty Mississippi, and it gave us a story, it gave us another day, and it helped us to live to the next year. Um, we had to have that moment, and people wrote about it, and now I know that we can put a festival in any condition because of my partners, they can do it all. <laughs> and so um, I guess, like, when you play uh, your show this time, is it going to be all of that? Are you going to mix in a little bit of your weights and a little bit of James Brown, or is it, are you going to go all full throttle record? Oh, no, I'm going to mix. mix it up. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go one through eleven on the record, but I'll be playing a lot of these songs. You have to deliver. You have to keep delivering product and goods, and you have to keep bringing it. and And sometimes the crowds get bigger. I mean, you know, sometimes they get crazy big. 
Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like that this record is going to be able to recapture a lot of your past and also bring in a lot of new fans? I'm excited about cause something new. Of course, you know, crowds come and go depending on your availability and what's going on at the time. But I feel very confident that uh, I'm in for something new. This, this record's been out on, pre, on pre-release, I guess, for over a month now. And, uh, I've, you know, the second day it was out on pre-release, I've, I've been contacted by, you know, uh, radio stations. It's already getting radio play up in one of the songs. is getting, getting uh, radio play up in New Jersey, and, uh, you know, and I'm getting reports like that. So I'm very excited in the early days of this album. I've had a lot of uh, good things happen. I've got a lot of phone calls, things like that from people I've never gotten before. I love it. Talking to Rob Mortimer, good paper of Reverend Rob Mortimer. The new record's called Lock It Down Tight. Uh, you're gonna do, your, your ability to, uh, I got to understand this part because I see a lot of Instagram posts about your shows and all that, the artwork that you do. And a lot of costumes, a lot of stuff. Okay, how are you, are you doing that yourself? There's a photographer out of Alabama that drives all the way over here every now and then to get me to pose for him. <laughs> you kidding? Yeah, and he's a, He's a great photographer. He, he, so every time he calls me, I jump on it and he drives over here. I love it. Okay, I always thought that was you, and which which really confused me even more. And <laughs> yeah. it made me want to come there and like lay you on a couch and just talk to you about all, all your issues. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got you. <laughs> all right, so, okay, so we got The Mighty coming up. What other shows we got coming up that you're excited about? I've got shows coming up. In Oxford, I got shows coming. I've got the Hot Spice Festival coming up, and uh, we're, we're we're working on, on on regional and national dates now, and I'm in the early stages of getting those books. So we're going to tour behind this record pretty hard. So I, I expect to be nationwide a little bit, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I'm no, no. I love, I love it. Well, what what about your dad? Is he gonna? Are you gonna be fired? What we got here? What's going on here? How you, how's the the funeral business? Uh, I'm gonna have to plan that out. I'm not gonna be able to go on for a long period of time, <laughs> so I'll have to do it in segments. Have you have you been away from your family uh, for periods of time? Like you know, I used to be gone thirty days at a time, come back for three, twenty days at a time, come back for two. I mean, no, I, I haven't been. I, I've well, long as I've been gone fourteen days at a time, and I'm ready to come back probably about the fifth day. So just yeah. like you are. So so for so. people that don't understand the road, there's a lot of uh, – I compare it to a PGA golfer because I spent time with our with our adopted son, Jim Gallagher Jr., out on the road. And mm-hmm. uh, it was before I had hits and before I was in my own tour bus. And I used to go, this is the worst. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is yeah. the worst thing. You're, it's boring all day. I mean, you like you go in and you there was nothing to do. And so until yeah. until it was game time, until he teed it up and went all that. So there was all this dead time. And then I found myself on a tube with a bunch of wheels in the back and realized, oh, my gosh. And so I remember him coming out and go, now you know what I'm talking about. He goes, this is worse than at least I'm out. Uh, I can walk on the streets. You're stuck in a bus, you know. And, yeah. and, and I'd always see Rob. I'd look out my window and see nothing but trees. And I'd always wonder who the people talking about. Worrying about there's enough of trees in the land. I mean, I'm telling you, I've never. Our country's got a lot of trees, and I know you have to. We have to preserve uh, what's there and all that. And I know that it's important that we do that. Uh, but but it, jokingly, um, the, all you ever see is trees. I mean, you look out, that's all you see. Everything looks the same, you know, from the road and and, and the back of a bus. Um, right. You may forget. You may forget where you are because everything looks the same. 
No, no, no. It doesn't matter until you pull up yeah. and you see the people, and then it matters. I mean, I always felt yeah. like, man, it'd be cool if you could zap yourself to the stage and then zap yourself back. And I'm sure with technology, I, I think that uh, we're probably not that far away. <laughs> we can. No, uh, we're not. No. Feel like that we're they can uh, teleport. Yeah, they'll be able to what put us on one of those uh, 3D printers, and all of a sudden we've got like seven of us, which would be great. Yeah. We're talking yeah. to Rob Mortimer, and it's getting wild. Uh, Rob, the uh, why I understand that you go to become a, a mortician, but wh- uh, when did you become a reverend? Well, one of my buddies uh, couldn't find a minister way back when, so I went through the process of being the ordained minister so I could marry one of my, I could preside over the wedding of uh, one of my buddies' weddings. So that's how I got involved with being a reverend, and I probably have a lot of opinions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I make the joke about it, but I, I'm sort of serious. Our our, our marketing guru for uh, Annoy's new media boys, Steve Rico and Marco Shea, Steve's engaged, and I'm going like, why would you not? He was talking about getting married on a cruise ship, and I said, what are you talking about? You get married on the mighty Mississippi because you are a part of it, and Rob's going <laughs> to marry you, and then we're going to play for you. You've got all the bands you want. And then, uh, and then you can, you know, uh, that's your, you can, then you can go off on your honeymoon, go off on a cruise. Uh, heck, we'll throw you out on the river and you can just jump on one of the, one of the boats and just, you know, we'll send you on your merry way. But, uh, I can't quite convince him yet that that's the magic and, uh, and, but he's not married yet. So, uh, we're in a Mississippi minute. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey folks in the market for new pillows. I'd like to tell you about who I believe strongly is the best pillow manufacturer made right here in the USA. My friends at Beds by Design and their amazing Omni Pillow. The Omni Pillow is made with a copper-infused fabric, and they use high-quality fabric. The copper has been known to be antifungal, antibacterial, and good for the skin. The Omni Flow is the foam in the inside. Designed by their veteran team, the Omni Flow is a one-of-a-kind product that is unlike any other material. It is a patent material that adjusts as the weight is applied. They combine that with responsive temperature control that regulates your body temperature as you sleep. OmniPillow has a 100-day return policy. And listen to this. They'll donate a pillow to someone in need every time you purchase one. Their goal? To give away 1 million pillows. It also comes with a stress cube that sells for 10 bucks. Give yourself a much-deserved life's rest. Go to OmniPillow.com. That's OmniPillow.com. Enter promo code Steve Azar and receive 20% off with free shipping. You won't regret it. Thanks, guys. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. been a heck of a show rob i want to say i want to quote uh an article that was written about you and and the the writer said this the critic said the band was compared to sounding like the beatles with james brown as a front man that's a heck of a compliment and i feel like i'm so excited for you because i feel like now um you're embarking on uh on who you are and and you're and it's really honest 
And I think you've got to really be honest with yourself musically. And I, I really don't think you want things to really work out until you, you are that way. And then you want it to work out because you want to celebrate that you found yourself musically. And it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. Do you feel like it's taking you a while? It has taken me a while because I'm doing it myself. And, uh, you know, nobody taught me how to play guitar. I took, I took a couple lessons growing up, maybe one from Kern, one from Guitar Charlie. But after that, I just kind of went off on my own. It took me nine, ten years to get good at guitar. But I, I, doing that, I, skipped, I cut a lot of corners. I would never hire myself to teach another kid how to play guitar just because of all the corners I've cut to learn how to play guitar. So it, it, all this stuff is a growing period. I do, I do want to ask you this. I've always, I'm always being told that, or I'm always being asked, is this blues? Or, or I'm being told I'm not blues enough. And I know you've gone through that your whole life. Right. You're not this enough. But the, the, the last, the last person that asked me that, I said, look, I was born on the same soul as, as uh, Charlie Patton, DB King, Muddy Waters, and I swam and drank in the same Mississippi rivers they did. And uh, some folks drink coffee, you know, some folks like whiskey. But there's always water that we have to have, and. Uh, I feel like that. I don't. I mean, I don't really know how to answer this question. Other than is is this blues? Is this just don't tell me that there's a. You might not say it's blues, but don't tell me that there's no water in this music. Right. Well, there's something in the water. We both know that. And so, but well, I guess my answer is this. Uh, And I've been asked that. People would go, "He needs his own. I need my own bend and all that." And that's like almost a curse, you know, because there is no. You're not going to get room in any stores to have your own bend. You know, unless it's just your house and you're selling like lemonade out in the front yard. So it's not going to happen. I think the answer is this. We grow up in a very unique place where there is constant influences, um, uh, multiple influences from gospel to country to rock and roll to blues, uh, Mm -hmm. heavy blues. We know that the only way it's going to be authentic and correct and be able to impact somebody's heart and soul is it to be filtered through you and and it's got to come out that way and whatever it comes out it is and so i feel like that you there, there there's more than there's other artists in our area that that are it's sort of a curse in a way um it's almost like we do need our own genre because the problem is we have been influenced by so many sides of uh of music history and mm-hmm. i just think that we have to accept it and when somebody asks, go, hey, you have to make that decision because uh, do you like it or not? And if you if you like it, just let it be and let's don't categorize it. And I think now more than ever uh, with the streaming and with all, I think people are, I think listeners now and moving forward, I just don't care. And that's how we, we the listeners, right? So mm-hmm. there's still genres on radio and there's still all this, but. You know, it's all changing, and people have their own radio stations on their their on their iPods now, or their iPhones, or their or whatever gadget they listen to. So they've got their own. They're deciding their own radio stations, and it could be um, from George Strait to Tom Waits to you know what I mean. The next version of it, you know, to right. to Ben Foles Five to Reverend Rob Mortimer, a good. Pay- it doesn't matter. I mean, the bottom line is, if it's good, it's good, and that's how we treat our music festival and that mighty main stage. If it's good, it's good, and our and our patrons will go. You know, that's just good, and that's all we care about. And I think that's where you, that's where you have to become in your mind that it's what it is, and you've earned that right now because I feel like all the the growing and the, what you've gone through ha- has allowed you to develop into the true musical being that you are now, and it's coming out in the spirits right now. I'm telling you, so I don't think you worry about it. Well. 
it, you know, I, I, on this new record, I can hear I can hear some Detroit mixed with Memphis mixed with you know some some swamp stuff. Right. So uh, it's just when you, you mentioned a critic earlier, is that uh, sometimes critics don't let music evolve. They they try to keep it in the past as traditional blues and things like that. And anyway, I just you know when you brought up a critic, that's what made right. me think of that. Well, <laughs> l- listen. Um, well, it's been great. We've been. Re- Good paper of Reverend Rob Mortimer, the lead man himself, songwriter, Rob Mortimer. He's a dear friend. Uh, mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time together. I've been looking forward to celebrating your new record, Lock It Down Tight, uh, that people can get stream, right? Rob, you can get it everywhere, right? You can get it everywhere. It's just uh, anywhere you look. All right. I want, I want, I want our listeners to, to jump at it right now. I want you to stop your cars. I want you to stop working. You've been working too hard anyway. And... Uh, uh, before your car runs out of gas, all that, I want you guys to stop, stream the record, and trust me. Rob, I can't thank you enough for spending the time and uh, uh, and looking forward to having you at the Mighty Mississippi. For people that have not experienced that, uh, go online to MightyMissMusic.com. You'll learn about uh, a lot of the bands. Lucinda Williams is coming, James McMurtry, Ashley McBride. The list goes on and on. Cedric Burnside, me and my Kingsmen. We're going to have a heck of a night. And uh, Rob is gonna, Rob and his band is going to kick it off and uh, play a lot of these tunes. So uh, it wouldn't hurt for you to get used to them before you get here so you can sing along. Rob, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you, man. You have all, a good day. all 60 Mississippi <laughs> minutes, baby. You've been with me. <laughs> yeah. All right, bro. All right, man. You're the best. Take care. Right, See you later. I'm Steve Azar, in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.